frequently when I'm on airplanes or at weddings, I get asked a lot about God. I don't know if that happens to you. Usually at weddings, it, well, sometimes it's because people have had a few drinks and they're a bit more relaxed and like, Father, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> and sometimes I get talking to people who don't believe at all. Now of those people, you could divide it into two groups. Some I describe as they're a bit angry. They have some problems, some difficulty about faith and belief, and they, they just want to have a fight. So I don't usually engage with that too much. But some people are, they don't believe in God, but they're really open. They're really curious. They're seekers after the truth. And I found those conversations to be really, really fruitful. And I wanted to share with you some of the ways that I engage in those conversations. Let's imagine that we both went to school together. Okay, and we have a mutual friend, Karen. Now you and I, we haven't met in a few years and we happen to bump into each other. Let's say it's at a wedding. No, let's say it's on an airplane. Okay, we're on an airplane. Yeah, oh my goodness. And we get talking about Karen, like, oh my, have you heard from her at all? And let's say I haven't heard from her in years and you just bumped into her and you, you say, yeah, I just bumped into her. She just got married. And I go, no. And you go, yes. And we talk about how wonderful that is. And I'm super happy and oh, that's great. I can't wait to give her a shout and talk to her. Now, question that I have for you is, is it reasonable for me to believe that Karen actually got married? Me believing you is actually something of an act of faith. It's not supernatural faith. It's just natural faith. And in fact, most of society and culture is based on that kind of faith. That when somebody tells you something and you don't have a, a, a strong reason to disbelieve them, the usual attitude is belief. If we were to apply what a lot of people do with regards to God, skepticism, if we were to apply that to regular relationships, we would be very lonely. If uh, you were to tell me, oh, I met Karen and, and she got married and my reaction was, no, she didn't. I don't believe you. Prove it. You'd be like, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, prove it. Prove she got married. Why would I believe you? You don't have to believe me. <laughs> it would be so confusing. It would be so difficult. Like that conversation, gone, done. How do you continue a conversation, a relationship with this person if they won't even believe you something? Like, like if you were there at the wedding, it's like, I was there. And the person won't believe you unless I see it with my eyeballs. I'm, can, can twiddler their, their wedding band? I refuse to believe. It's like that, that would be kind of unreasonable, right? The unreasonable person in that situation would be the skeptic because it doesn't make sense and it's actually destructive of society and of relationships. The direction I'm taking this in is what I want to propose is that it is, it is reasonable to believe in God, even if it's not possible to get a absolutely hard and fast empirical scientific proof that he exists. There are many proofs that God exists, but they're more on the philosophical level. To actually get scientific evidence, that has not happened. Otherwise, everyone would be forced to believe. And there's always this space in our relationship with God. He leaves this space for us to choose. He invites us into relationship. He invites us into faith in him. So there's always that space. That's just the way it is. Instead of an attitude of skepticism with regards to God, what I encourage people to do when I'm meeting them on the airplane or at a wedding and we get talking about God, I encourage them instead of this attitude of skepticism, which actually can be kind of destructive, another alternative is to have an attitude of trust with verification. It's reasonable to take this person, you know, this person obviously believes what they're saying, they have some reason for it. Let me just go, go and verify it. And to be honest, that kind of fits with the, the scientific model, right? Someone has a hypothesis, so they have this collection of facts they've gathered from whatever experiments or whatever, however they've gathered these facts. And based on the facts, 
they try to make a hypothesis. Say, I think this is the, the maybe the model we can look at to say, this is why this works this way. And based on that hypothesis, we can then make extrapolations say, and I think these other things might happen too. Then they, they propose ways to verify it. So if you do the same experiments, you should find the same facts. But also if you try this, this, and this, it should, if my hypothesis is right, not my facts, but in my hypothesis, if that's right, then these other things should be true as well. So if we take the same attitude towards God or whatever it is in our life that we're examining of just trust, trust in, in other people that they're not necessarily trying to deceive us or whatever else, but go ahead and verify it. Well, if this proposal about God is true, then I should be able to get some level of verification. Christianity is maybe not quite like a, like a laboratory and maybe a bit more like a courtroom because the the proof of Christianity is it's, it's based on witnesses. Just like, you know, if I, I met you and we had that conversation about our mutual friend, Karen, I'm trusting you, right? That's faith. I'm, I'm trusting that what you're saying is reasonable and is true about Karen, because you, you heard from somebody else who you trust, and I trust your judgment. Similarly, Christianity is, it's kind of like a, this line of witnesses. So the first witnesses. We could say the 12 apostles, but there was 120 of them, including Jesus' own mother, who had this experience of this man who they knew for certain was dead. He had a spear shoved through his heart, and you're talking something that would utterly pulverize a human heart. And eyewitness reports of people who were there, who saw it, and even connected up with the reigning authorities in, in the Romans who confirmed this. He died and was buried, and then they experienced him risen from the dead. So these people, these first believers, in not just in Jesus, the great moral teacher, but Jesus, true God and true man, risen from the dead, impossible, the worker of impossible things. These people saw this, they encountered him, and then they told people, who had not encountered him or seen him. And then those people told people, and those people told people. And it wasn't just like uh, Chinese whispers where you just tell a fact. It was this encounter, uh, first of all, with those first people, with this living being, Jesus. Then they told their story to the next group, the next generation of people. And then those people, again, were invited into this attitude of trust, but verify. And this is a great thing. So you too can enter into this living chain of witnesses where you can actually become not just a, a witness to my testimony, like I'm in a law court, that me saying, this is what I've encountered, but you can actually then take that reality and you can verify it. You can enter into a relationship, a real living, communicating relationship with this guy, Jesus. And that's where you verify. That's the proof that is that fits the method of this, the object. So first, if you have a, an attitude of skepticism, you know, maybe try and soften that a little bit in the name of, of the scientific method <laughs> and your own good and salvation. Just kind of go, okay, well, let me, I've heard this witness. I've heard somebody say, I've had this experience of this guy, Jesus. I heard the story. I invited him into my life because this is what happened with me. I heard the story from my parents my whole life, shoved down my throat. And then one night when I was 17 years old, I got on my knees because I really, really, really wanted to know I needed to know. And I said to him, a real prayer from my heart, not just lip service, from my heart. I said, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know you. And one week later, I had the most life-changing experience that I've ever had, where I experienced his presence. I experienced 
being utterly, utterly loved with no ifs, buts or maybes, no rule book shoved down my throat, just this experience of this being who totally knew me as I was and totally accepted me. And it changed my life and I grew my beard. <laughs> That's my testimony to you. Is it reasonable to believe me? You're the one who has to decide that. But what I would encourage you to do is to trust and then to go ahead and verify. And the way you verify, as I said, is to, is to take the risk of saying, if this is true, it's, it would be worth knowing and talking to him, praying to him, saying, if you are real, Jesus, I really want to know. And then wait and see. Wait and see. God bless you.